Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. So he offered me a bite of his taco, gave me a hug, and that's the first and last time I ever saw him. And that's the last time I've been to Taco Bell. Anyway. That's pretty cool, I guess. Oh, hey, Josh. Oh, hi, Dennis. Welcome to episode one? Yeah. I guess if you want to... Yeah, I guess if you want to know what this... uh, Oh, sorry, shit. Uh, Dennis has failed to mention so far that this is the podcast Best Friend Simulator. This is the... That's the thing we'll definitely work out for the second episode. We'll make sure to say the name. And uh, Dennis will also make sure that no trucks go by and make loud noises. Um, I've tried to divert traffic off of my street, and they just keep running over my signs. I um, stopped all air traffic for this hour that we're recording. Yeah, I so, noticed. How did you, know, you make that happen? I, I pulled a few strings. I have some famous friends here. <clears throat> Eddie Vedder. <coughs> oh, shit. What up, Eddie? Do you think Eddie Vedder could actually uh, ground air- airplanes? For yes. an hour, you think so? He has that kind of in pull. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was like, um, like heralded as a god there. I guess. I mean, you live there. You're supposed to know. I don't know these people. <laughs> I. <laughs> I'd like to clarify that I know you don't know Eddie Vedder personally. Oh, we established on uh, episode zero of this podcast that I don't have any friends and I listen to podcasts and talk to them like they're my friends. And I don't think I listen to any podcasts recorded by people that live in Seattle. So, yeah, that's actually a good segue into something I wanted to talk to you about. Um, We might be crazy. No. You don't think so? No, we're, we're fine. I listened to that episode again. I did, too. I, I got some get, some chuckles out of it. We get into some weird stuff, man. We do, but that's why we're doing the podcast. We're go, we're gonna take all of these nice people on a on a ride with us into our cool brains. <laughs> welcome to welcome to podcast Cool Brains. <laughs> I think we just changed the title. Uh, so anyway, welcome back. This is episode, officially episode one. This is a podcast where, uh, two friends hang out, shoot the shit, and, I don't know, talk about stuff they've been into. We don't have a great outline right now, but it's, it's getting there. We're getting there. Like I said, just wait until the 10th episode spectacular. It's gonna be smoking. I also got some email from Joe Montaigne. He would love it if we stopped using his name. Well, I mean, I feel like when he performs a role, he gives that role to the public, and it's no longer his. You know, Gary Libson now exists in the hearts and minds of people everywhere. I'm just imagining episode 200, where we finally uh, have the... Uh, best friend simulator convention how many people yeah. are going to dress up as gary lipson oh i thought you were going to suggest that um joe montagna would come and star as gary lipson on the it. podcast oh well this is this is going to be a little something something for the real fans that listened from episode one. 
oh you know they're they're not going to be these front runners they're like oh it's the coolest podcast number one on the itunes charts i gotta check this out this this is for them diehards out there (laughs) i only want you to use front runners from now on I did have a weird reaction to listening to episode zero that I've never had in my entire what life. What was that? Also, we did not talk about how this isn't our first rodeo. Yeah, you know, it just dawned on me that we have actually recorded a lot. Well, not really recorded, but we've been out on the airwaves. We've produced a lot of material as we had a college radio show for many years. And then after you yeah. abandoned me themes theme of the show apparently i had i.e stopped going to school and moved to another state i say abandon me (laughs) you abandoned me i continued the podcast with uh, nope i continued the radio show uh the precursor to podcasts with other people yeah how'd that work out for you oh it was very popular do you mean my all emo podcast with ryan or my all Political music? I don't know what I was going for there. Political hardcore uh, with Dave? Those are popular. You were missing the uh, the grindcore and power violence and metal that I brought. I wouldn't say I was missing it, Josh. I'd say the fans were. Ooh, burn. <laughs> Who said that? Jimmy Blibson. <laughs> I think we need other. He's... We think, I think we need other characters. <laughs> We need to keep these characters under control here. I think we're pretty smart. We don't need to just come up with one and that's it. <laughs> it's a it's a whole family of characters. Did it, everybody grasps that Gary Lipson runs Lipson where we would post the podcast. Does everybody is that too inside for people? I don't know. People are pretty savvy. I feel like literally everyone has a podcast these days anyway, so they have to know. Oh, by, by the way, listen to my other podcast where I just talk about the ins and outs of Lipson. My podcast is actually going to be about your podcast. Ooh, meta. So the other thing that I, I thought about um, while listening to the podcast was people think people are going to think like these guys are hamming it up. They're doing skits. They're doing prepared material. This isn't... I don't feel like this is what it would be like hanging out with them. And I think I have to just let everybody know. No, this is exactly what it's like when we just talk to each other on the phone. There's a little bit of a performative element to it. Of course, of course. Which is me maybe trying to enunciate a little more than I normally would, since I'm a mumblord. Which I appreciate. Thank you very much. Hey... Don't expect it all the time. Oh, if this w- was in person, we would be hitting each other, which is a thing we have not stopped doing since we were 11. I don't know if we hit each other all that much anymore, do we? <laughs> we like hit each other and wrestle quite a bit. There's a lot of horseplay. Let's put it that way. There's horseplay. That's true. We get a little rowdy. Yeah. I also like to touch your hair because everybody, Dennis has the softest hair on the planet. I want you to know that. You know, that is so funny that you brought that up. Because I was just talking to my life partner about this. And, uh, you know, she insists that her hair is wiry. And I said, no, it's soft. And she's like, well, it's not as soft as yours. I was like, well, come on. I mean, that's like, you know, comparing 
gold to whatever is a lot less than gold. Silver. Silver. Pewter. Pewter. It's not really a precious metal, though. It's more like a an alloy, I think. Are we going to start arguing the difference between precious metals and alloys now? Let's talk about metallurgy, folks. All right. That's actually what I had next on the outline. You know what? I'm going to cut that part out of the finished product. Um, yeah, so this is basically what a conversation would be like between the two of us. It's kind of crazy. And I don't mean crazy in the pejorative sense. I mean crazy in the it's just kind of all over the place and we'd come up with characters. And I hope we don't come up with as many characters as we did on episode zero. We might. We're, I'm going to start a, a wiki. Just so people can keep track. Ooh, BFS wiki. That yeah. blogspot. I'm not really going to do that. Com. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to do that, folks. Okay. Uh, so, um, what's new? <laughs> what's happening in Seattle? Oh, you know, it's Seattle. Great. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go work on the Space Needle next week. Wait, what? I'm, this is legit. This isn't a joke. Yeah, that's why I, I got... I, th- I figured that was your serious voice. I uh, I, I work as a, a metal fabricator welder um, for a company that builds railings, and we're installing a railing on the top of the Space Needle. So I'm excited. I've never gone up there, actually, before. That's crazy. This does kind of sound like a bit, but I don't think it is. Wait, like, do you have to... The bit... <laughs> Go ahead. The bit is that I'm going to fall to my death, and then the next episode you have to record by yourself. Hey, no, I'd find a new best friend. And then the next episode after that, it turns out I, I, it was a hoax. I faked the whole thing. I had Jamie convince you that you, that I was dead. I think that would be good. That would actually be really... I shouldn't have told you this part. That'd be really fucked up, but also, I think my reaction to you returning would be really natural. Because I thought you were dead. Episode two, Dennis crying. Nobody wants to hear that. So wait, are you going to have to be like outside of this space seal? Like on top, like with harnesses and shit? Yeah, on top. Can you try to balance on the tippy top? Probably. Like I think it's, it's bigger up there than uh, you would realize. I don't think I'm going to be like hanging off the edge of anything. Yeah, you know a lot of time. I'm going to bring uh, my recording equipment. Equipment? Equipment, I call it for short. Uh, so people think I'm cool, like that guy has has to drop letters from words because he's so rad. Um, I'm gonna bring bring my recording equipment up top with me and uh, record a little segment for the show. Can we get a preview of what that's gonna sound like? <laughs> I'll do the wind. Yeah. I'll do the wind. Hey. Okay, you can do that. This is the worst idea I ever had. I think that'd be a really good, really good segment. Um, I'm not going to do that. I don't see why not. Probably going to take a few pictures and look around and get a little sunburned and install the railing. Consummate professional. Hey, I do my job. Uh, What's new with you, Dennis? So, you know, my nephew is now 17, which is insane because I don't look like I would have a 17-year-old nephew. God, I remember when he was born. We were... We were adults. Oh, kind of. 
I remember when uh, he was 10 and you came to his birthday party with me and you pulled out your knife and you stabbed one of his balloons and he started crying. Look, I misjudged how rowdy he wanted to get. Nobody wants to see a knife. Not true. Fair enough. So he's 17 and he is looking at colleges because he's going to be a senior in high school next week. Next next year or this year which is crazy and uh so i took him up to a college yesterday i love the kid so much but he's so weird (laughs) so we're (laughs) we're walking through the campus and there's an emergency call box it's there's one of those yellow call boxes with the blue light so you can easily spot it at night when there's an emergency and he just goes <laughs> emergency I go what, what are you laughing at he goes it's an emergency box in the middle of the, of the thing I was like yeah that's where they are he's like it's just funny <laughs> my mind was blown so now, what then, about that was funny? Did you press him further on this? Yeah, and he, he's just like, I laugh at everything. I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> so then later, we're in this, this, all the students, a couple of students are asking, answering questions in front of a group of people. And he goes, um, and so they're like, okay, we're going to split you up by potential major. So they're like, okay, anybody here for speech pathology, uh, go over there. And he's like, <laughs> pathology. I was like, what, what What are you laughing at? He's like, pathology. What does that even mean? <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. it was, I wanted to punch so him. He's, he's basically turned into Beavis and or Butthead. As- I think so. I think so. Minus the frog baseball. I think he, he's turning into Beavis and Butthead. And I was like, were we like that when we were 17? See, and I thought about this. I don't think so, because I think I could fake it in front of, like, older people. Yeah. You know, I think I could, like, fake being somewhat mature and with it. But then maybe somebody's going to tell me that that's not true. Hmm. I think I was so shy and weird that I just wouldn't talk to anybody. Unless it was like one of eight people. I'm pretty certain that we would never let let it be known what we thought was funny. That's true. Because we still kind of don't do that. Oh, if I tell people about Gary Libson, they'll think I'm insane. No, that's going to be a great joke. You know, people are going to feel like they got in at the ground floor with that one. It's really going to blossom into something special. Mm. So anyway, I look forward to taking my nephew to other schools because it's weird but i love him did i I mention i love him you should record him during these sessions so i can play it back to him when he's older and just be like look how dumb you were you're so stupid (laughs) that's kind of how i try to uncle that tough love uncle Mm -hmm. yeah don't do that dennis that would be bad I would never. I just, I really, I really took my time to try to get into his head and just be like, what is so funny about pathology? And, it, and it, it, I determined that he just didn't know what the word meant and thought it was 
funny to see a word that he didn't know the meaning of. Millennials, huh? He's a strange boy, but it's very (laughs) clear that we're related. Yeah, that's fair. All right. What do we got next? Um, I wanted to talk to you about some weird paranormal shit that I've been kind of obsessed with lately. Oh, shit. This is where we do the, uh, the, the music for Josh's Paranormal Corner. I'm thinking it's going to be, like, knockoff X-Files music, maybe. Oh, Would that be cool? I think that sounds pretty, pretty on. Pretty on target. We'll come up with a better segment title for this, I guess. Other than, like, Josh's Conspiracy Corner. I like the alliteration, but it's not all conspiracies. Josh's um, weird... Uh, should we just keep snowball- like working on this for a little while? Weird shit section. Josh's, Josh's spooky segment. Spooky Ooh. stuff. Ooh. Ooh. It's a ghost. I wish this was a video podcast because you should see the faces we're <laughs> making. And we're getting some good shoulder shimmies in. A little a lot of shimmy and a lot of eyebrows. Like, ooh. Ooh. Josh's. No, I got nothing. Josh's segment that's running a little too long. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, have you ever seen the movie The Blob, Dennis? No, but I know what it is. Okay. Do do you know how it starts? Can I use my knowledge from the G.I. Joe episode with the blob in it? Sure. Do you remember that? Where it was like a science experiment? Was that a blob or was that like crystals? Well, it was... It felt like you were on crystal meth by watching it. I don't think so. No, I don't think it was crystals. I think there was a blob. And remember, they let it into the apple field because someone determined, probably roadblock, that apple seeds are poisonous. And they figured if the blob ate all the poisonous apple seeds, they would die just like people do when they eat apples. Did it work? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did it. Roadblock used his, uh, his experience as a chef, probably. Hmm. But anyway, back to uh, the segment. Mm-hmm. So do you remember how the blob started? Uh, no, I don't. Um, it started with a, a meteorite crashing into the earth. And then some poor dude went and touched it, opened it up, and the blob was inside. And So this week I wanted to talk to you about something I recently heard about called star jelly. This is basically stuff that people claim to find after meteorites fall to the earth. And it's a a white, grayish, or translucent gelatinous substance that people find. And it disappears pretty rapidly. How do you find a meteorite? It falls to the ground. So I I had to do a little bit of a... I I remember that there is a distinction to make here. So I'll, I'll say that right now. A meteoroid is an object in space a meteor is the flash of light that you see as it's falling and then a meteorite is the fallen object itself so you see a meteor and then go find the meteorite at the site where it fell what is a meat lovers meat lovers that's a pizza Mm. so really how do you find a meteorite i mean you can track it you could see where it lands um sometimes if it's if it's big enough you could feel the impact yeah uh one of the cases that i'm going to talk about a little later uh, the meteorite was 200 pounds so people 
you know, definitely felt it hit the ground. That's a big ass rock. Yeah. Yeah, this, it's been a, a pretty mysterious thing. There's a lot of stuff written about it. Uh, there was an Unsolved Mysteries episode about it. One of my favorite shows at the time. It was so scary. It was terrifying. That guy, but Robert Stack didn't help. He really knew how to put the fear into you. He's so serious, but then I saw Airplane years later, and I was like, he's not serious. He's he was guy. hilarious. He's hilarious. Are, by the way, are these asides helping you? Yeah, they're, they're great. Okay, continue. It's, it's really helpful. Great. <laughs> Uh, this stuff, people have a lot of theories behind it. You know, the most obvious one is that, the, that this is alien matter falling to the Earth from space. Some of the older ones suggest that this is the dead trying to communicate with the living. A whole host of weird things. But for the most part, it's a lot of people, like, not sure. You know, records of this stuff go back to the earliest mentions of it go back to the 1300s. <clears throat> Showed up in some medical writings. Uh, it was recommended as a treatment for abscesses which sounds about on par with old-school medicine. Was that a big <laughs> problem in the 1300s? I'm sure. People died of teeth back then. <laughs> what? What does that mean? Don't, you don't, You never heard about this? Cause no. of death. This was, I, I think it was maybe like the 1700s or something. Somebody recently uncovered death records for a, a town or something uh, back in the day, and a, num- a number of people died. The cause of death was teeth. Which is probably, you know, they, they got some kind of gnarly infection in their mouth ah. and died from that. But, I thought yeah. I meant like they grew some teeth and then it, the bodies <laughs> just didn't take. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing here, guy? I'm out of here. No, medicine wasn't very good back then. So it, I guess it makes sense that you rub some field jelly into your open wound. <laughs> that sounds about right. People do some fucked up shit even yeah. in 2017 so what can i ask yeah has there ever been a scientific test on this goo um there have been a few the problem is that this stuff tends to evaporate quickly um mm. a lot of people they touch it and it disappears um or you know they try to prepare a sample and it goes away some people have studied it and let's just say results are inconclusive i guess you know, they didn't find anything that particularly makes it seem like, oh, this is an alien bunch of stuff. When you say alien matter, you mean that people think it's from aliens, not alien, like, not of Earth. Either or. You know, I think some people uh, subscribe to that uh, pangenesis theory, mm. which is that Earth was seeded with meteorites that gave rise to Earth here. Earth, life on Earth. Yeah, basically, this stuff has been happening for a very long time. Uh, people have been finding this. I found a couple of cool cases that were just kind of interesting to me. My favorite one occurred in Philadelphia in 1950. Four police officers encountered a quivering disc of purple jelly. It was, I, I actually saw somebody posted a picture of the article that came from the Philadelphia Inquirer. It was listed as somewhere in the vicinity of 26th Street and Vare. But it was Vare Boulevard instead of Vare Avenue. And I tried to look at this on Google Maps to see where it was. It's that section along 76. I know kind of the general area. There's also but, a Rambo Street over there, by the way. Fun fact. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's not too far away from that sketchy porno place. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, the place off of 76 that looks like Keep it going. maybe Keep the going. sketchiest 
never Wait. been there. Okay, so these four policemen's saw this object fall to the ground like a parachute, they said. It sparkled in their headlights and emitted a faint glow that illuminated the area when they shut their lights off. Uh, One of the officers decided they needed to pick it up for some reason, touched it, it rapidly broke down into what he described as a clear scum that remained on his skin and then disappeared entirely in no time. And fun fact, talking about the blob, this story went on to inspire the people that made the film The Blob seven years later. Obviously, the people that were really taken aback by this do not live in Philadelphia, as I do, because I see shit like that all the time. Yeah, for real. It's called, it's called, this place is gross. It's called street items. Today, I was in multiple locations that I was having some trouble breathing comfortably because it stunk. And by, and by it, I mean the world. That is one of the things I do not miss about living in Philly in the summer, is that smell when it just smells burnt. And, and street items are a pretty popular item there, too. I've definitely come out and seen a street full of shrimp, golf mm-hmm. balls covering the, the, a block. This was this was a fish stank. Ooh. And then I saw uh, what I can only uh, describe as a pile of trash water. Okay. Okay. Trash water is like a very real thing. Some trash items that were just rotting. Jamie and I once saw what, and it's probably actually maybe linked to this story, uh, what we describe as a a poop creature, Mm. which is the remains of something, not an animal that had been eaten and pooped out, but a creature that was composed of poop and animal matter. Mm. We found that laying on the sidewalk once. So there's some weird shit on the streets in Philly. (laughs) I frequently get off of the subway at a specific stop, and if you go down the one set of stairs, there is, I would say, one time out of three, a pile of human feces, fresh. And I don't, Mm -hmm. like, take the subway in the middle of the night. So what the fuck is happening here? Uh, People be pooping. Yeah, I understand. But, you know, in the stairwell at the subway, come on, dog. Well, I mean, I think part of that to be on the real here is that uh, certain drugs that you take often give you uncontrollable poop sometimes so you don't really get a say in when and where you do it ooh that's like some real talk yeah so this story I don't really know what to make of it it sounds made up but yeah so another one that I wanted to talk about happened in uh, Frisco, Texas in 1979. There was a woman named Sybil Christian who was watching the Perseid meteor shower in her front lawn. Uh, afterwards, she found three purple metal-filled blobs radiating heat in her yard. She contacted the authorities. Police collected two of the three, one of which evaporated before they arrived. A sample was sent to NASA. A scientist allegedly claimed it might be an alien life form, and then he recanted the next day. However, the assistant director of the Fort Worth Museum of Natural History pointed out Christian's property was two miles away from a battery reprocessing plant, which produces a sludge filled with lead. Sybil Christian went on to say that, you know, it didn't look like the same thing, but the memory is a fallible thing. Do you think that the men in black got to the NASA guy? That's entirely possible. He shot his mouth off and then was visited by some dudes. Like, hey, 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 you better change your mind on this. I meant Will Smith. Oh, and Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. They shot him with that light. He forgot what he was doing. Oh, I've never seen the movie. Okay. Cool. I'm pretty I, sure we saw that together I in the theater. I saw the, I saw the first one. 
That's just, that's, I thought it would make me sound cool. So I have two more that I just wanted to touch on here briefly. One, so I found people talking about something happening in Murchison, Australia in 1969. Some of the sites that I read claimed that after a meteor shower, scientists collected more than 200 pounds of this jelly-like material and that they found amino acids in it, which are kind of an interesting thing to find in a, in a meteor meteorite. Would that signify that there was life involved? No, it, it means that it has the building blocks of life. But I decided to follow up on this because there wasn't really a lot of information and 200 pounds of jelly seems like a lot. And then all the other stuff that I found about this was that it was actually just a meteorite. This is the 200 pound meteorite that I, I mentioned earlier. So I'm thinking what happened here, and, and they did actually find, it. this was kind of a monumental find as far as meteorites go because they found amino acids in this, and it, you know that's a thing that they don't typically find. So this seems to be a case of like kind of an inter- internet snowball effect where somebody finds a story and then either mishears it or purposefully changes it a little bit, and then other people pick up on it and don't check, don't, don't cite anything or, or check any resources on it, and then just... You know, that kind of word of mouth passing it along becomes like an urban legend kind of thing. So, Wait, yeah, this... hang on for a second. You're saying <laughs> that somebody put information on the internet that they didn't really check on for facts. It's hard to believe, but... How dare you? Yeah. And I, I guess I should point out that I did get a lot of this information from Wikipedia. But, you know, I've heard that Wikipedia is actually more accurate than encyclopedias on the on the whole. Now, I am not just going to believe you because you said that you heard it. I will I will demand to know where you heard this from. Uh, the Internet. <laughs> so, so the Internet told you that Wikipedia, which is on the Internet, is more accurate than encyclopedias no i i honestly don't remember where i heard that but at the time it was i i think i have a pretty good bullshit detector for weird internet shit since i look at so much of it and this seemed like a pretty credible source i'll, I'll look into that and report back to everybody later because i know you're all dying to hear about that well look if you think that it seemed like a pretty credible source that must be true hey you could trust me i'm hosting your favorite podcast everybody and i'm your new best friend bold statement on episode one <laughs> anyway so also, the last one point out all of the weird shit happens in australia it's true they record one man dark tower podcasts that i shut off halfway through dude i remember that you hated that podcast <laughs> i just couldn't deal with one dude one australian dude talking about it for like an hour that's too much sorry it doesn't sound very interesting either no if it was, like, people talking about it, that'd be cool. Uh, maybe we should do that instead of this, whatever is happening right now. Please let's not insinuate that Australians are not people. So anyway, uh, the last one uh, occurred in my, my state here, uh, in Oakville, Washington, which is down in the southwestern part of the state, uh, 1994. And this one is interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, this is actually the Unsolved Mysteries episode was about this. And there's a couple little interesting wrinkles to this. So during a storm, a translucent or translucent gelatinous blobs half the size of rice grains fell onto the farmhouse of a woman named Sunny Barcliffe. Not long afterwards, her mother, Dottie Hearn, was rushed to the hospital suffering from dizziness and nausea. A friend 
of Barcliffe, as well as herself, also experienced fatigue and nausea after handling the blobs. Then I, I read more stuff online about this, saying that there was a kitten involved that she had that died after exposure to this, and then numerous mm-hmm. pets also died. A lot of that stuff, though, I couldn't find in the original source citations, mm-hmm. so that seems like stuff that maybe got tacked on later. Mm-hmm to lend a little credibility to it. It did say in the original source that I found that the doctor who treated Sonny Barcliffe's mother expressed doubt that the blobs were the source of her dizziness and nausea because she had some kind of inner ear condition. Sounds like those men in blacks got them. Yeah. Well, one of the, the more interesting theories about this one is that these blobs were what's referred to as a matrix, which is a man-made substance created to deliver bacteria, viruses, or chemicals. And there's also some kind of a military base not too far away from there. So a lot of the online stuff that I was finding were, you know, conspiracy theories that this was a test. This is, you know, something akin to chemtrails. So there's a lot of chemtrail stuff woven into the, the story behind Space Jelly. That's a lot of the theories purport that, that it's chemtrails. I've seen documentary. Which one? The Matrix? The Matrix, yeah. Oh, dude, you have no idea. I want to talk about some crazy shit down the line regarding that. <laughs> that people think it's real? Kind of, but we'll, we'll save that for a future episode. I, I think about this a lot. So anyway, yeah, that one, it so much shit gets added to these stories over the years. And I mean, this this goes before the internet. You know, if you dig into some of these stories, they'll get picked up. There'll be a newspaper article about something weird happening. And then somebody 20 years later will find this and then write something about it and leave out certain information to make it seem a little crazier and weirder than it actually is. And then somebody will cite that book instead of the original article. And then, you know, it just goes on like that to the point where, like, the original story gets so distorted and morphed that it's become something else entirely. And I mean, that is, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings here but that that's what i feel about 99 percent of paranormal stories it's a lot of stuff like this you know like things that are passed on and as much as i want to believe in this stuff i just don't see the solid proof or the, the rigorous standards that you would really need in order to say hey this stuff actually is credible and holds up now first you say that the internet is not really researched properly and now you're saying that maybe paranormal stuff is also the same? Hey, man. I'm, I'm here to really smash your conceptions of reality right now. Bold statements. I can't wait until people start to email us and call us assholes for this. I'm waiting for somebody to say I'm a shill. Oh, yeah, for the men in black. That yeah. We I'm being paid to, to spread disinformation. Hmm. Keep, keep them off the chemtrail, if you know what I mean. Yo, for real, though, if somebody wants to pay me... To spread this information, hit me up. Josh and Dennis at gmail.com. Yeah. We'll take money. We'll, yeah, we'll work for cheap. I'll work for sandwiches. I, I don't think I would um, work for sandwiches. That's weird. You know, you guys, look, you gotta start somewhere. So, anyway, some of the theories behind Space Jelly, you know, a lot of the more out there ones I mentioned already aliens, dead trying to contact the living, chemtrails, and then a lot of the more 
realistic ones. Uh, one of the, the really big ones is that this is partially digested frog spawn. So frog spawn is the gelatinous fluid that eggs are suspended in. You know, it's said that amphibian eating predators will eat a frog and then maybe eat too much or not that, you know, the frog spawn doesn't agree with them. So they'd vomit that out. And, you know, I've seen pictures online of frog spawn and, you know, frog oviducts with eggs leaking out of them. And, you know, if you found that in the woods and didn't know what it was, that could be kind of an interesting, like, what the hell is this, you know? Yeah, but what's eating that in Philadelphia? I don't know. Rats? The, The Philly fanatic? Oh, shit. I think the Philly fanatic is a meteor. He shines so bright. No. Anyway. You know that he has like a backstory, like there's like a detailed history for him that involves Is like a- his dad not loving him and stuff. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe we should cover that on an episode. Uh, the Philadelphia it's Fanatic, for those of you that don't know, is the mascot for the Philadelphia Phillies. And since Tina Fey is from outside of Philadelphia, she put him in an episode of 30 Rock where he tried to speak in his language to say that he was maybe the Prince of Atlantis or something like that. <laughs> Definitely my favorite mascot. But maybe Much I'm biased than- because I don't like sports and don't really know of any other mascots. Well, he's filthy. He's constantly humping everything. He's trying to put his, like, I don't know, sack gut sack in everybody's face. It's kind of pornographic. Uh, much better than the previous Philadelphia Phillies mascots, which were like an old colonial couple. Dog, that's corny. Yo, it was so fucking <laughs> corny. Did they rip around on a quad on the field, though? Because that might be kind of cool. No, they didn't have quads in the 70s. Okay, yeah, that's true. Or the internet. Did they ride like an old-timey bicycle with a giant wheel? I think they just wave to people. Idiots. No fucking hot dog cannon. <laughs> Never got into a fight with Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> Thanks. Listen to my other podcast, just talking shit about the Phillies. Talking about the Phils. Uh, real quick, before we go back into uh, Star Jelly, who's the, the mascot that's that man rabbit? <laughs> what? I think he's a basketball mascot. He's like a hip hop, the Philadelphia 76ers mascot. Is that that's Philly, right? Yeah. Okay. It might be hip hop. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man. Rabbit. He wears sunglasses. He's, he looks very manlike. He doesn't have like the bulkiness of the the fanatic. God, that guy's kind of really creepy. I hope his name's not hip hop. I think it might be. That, that, that kind of rings a bell. Okay. Anyway, so uh, frog spawn is, is given as one of the main things that people are finding out here another one is uh cyanobacteria which is one of the the most common things cited here is uh nostoc which is blue green algae algae it forms spherical colonies made of filaments of cells in a gelatinous sheath Uh, normally these things are around and not seen but after a certain amount of rainfall it swells up into a jelly-like mass and then another thing that that is out there are slime molds which can appear very suddenly they have a very gelatinous appearance when they first turn up and later they turn to dust and just are easily dispersed by rain and wind you know linking this to star jelly is the fact that uh the common name for slime mold enteridium like lycoperdon in regions of mexico is referred to as caca de luna which 
roughly translates to moon shit. Of course it does. There's a lot of names for this stuff over the years. You know, it's known as star jelly, astral jelly, space jelly, astromyxin. Uh, there's an old Welsh word for it that I really liked called puder sir or, or, or pictrith sir. Sorry? I don't, I, and I'm, I'm not really good in Welsh here. There are a couple other names that I really enjoyed too. Yeah, one sounds like a cool Lovecraft deity. In Latin, it's known as Asub, which is derived from the Arabic Ash Shuhub, which means shooting star. Ooh. And, you know, there's an old uh, English to Latin dictionary that cites a lot of names for this stuff, I think, that goes back to like the 15th century. It's known as Star Fallen, Star Falling, Star Jelly, Star Shot, Star Slime, Star Sloth. Star Slubber and Star Slutch. I think I had a compilation in the 90s with all of those bands on them. All ska. Caca de Luna. Caca de Luna. Oh, and my favorite suggested theory here, I don't know how credible this one is or not, is that this stuff is deer sperm. Whoa. Some people said that this is commonly found during like the rutting season. Is it purple and gelatinous? No, most of the stuff is cited as, like, translucent or kind of like a grayish-white. Oh, man. All these fucking star jelly hunters. Just a bunch of nerds in the woods with vials just... Uh, Collecting deer Collecting deer cum. Oh, this... I'll take this back to the lab to be analyzed. Oh, look what I've got here, dear. It's some more samples. Must be from the another world. Baby, I told you that's deer cum. Don't bring that into my house. You got a freezer full of deer cum already. Oh, baby, it came from the stars. It's deer cum, Roger. I'll just put it in the garage with the rest of my samples. You don't understand me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's star jelly. It was mentioned uh, in a book I was reading, kind of offhanded, and I was like, what the hell is that? Um, a lot of the stuff also I, I wanted to point out, too, uh, was recorded by Charles Fort. Do you know him? No. Charles Fort is one of the, I would say, the pillars of the paranormal community. He's, like, seen as one of the the forefathers of it. He was a dude that like, was is around. He alive? Is he alive now? No. I, I forget when he died. He was mostly around, like, early 1900s. He basically went to great lengths to collect records of weird shit happening around the world you know a lot of stories of like you know fogs falling from the the sky and people breaking open rocks and mines and finding pterodactyls and shit like that so he collected a lot of those and wrote a few books that i i own i have one right here the book of the damned can you see that dennis not listeners i've tried to read these books they're kind of unreadable but they're cool because they like the words are too big or i just it's very dense and very weird. Mm. It's just like lists of stuff written as like chapters and paragraphs. They're cool. They're interesting. They're, they're cool to sort of pick up and browse and like open up a page and say, oh, what's this? Oh, this is about black rain. You know, this is about blood falling from the sky or chunks of beef. 
Wait, I'm sorry. Talk, let's talk about the chunks of beef. Yeah, I was looking at that because uh, I read that some of the star jelly stuff was covered in the Book of the Damned, which is why I have it out. I was kind of poking through it. And yeah, I believe it was, I don't remember where now, but uh, there was definitely a place where they found chunks of beef falling from the sky. Sounds like a delicious rain. Indeed. And you know, I, I, I do think with a lot of this stuff, like I said earlier, this is early internet, basically, you know? It's Charles Fort picking up on this stuff secondhand from people and writing it down and then people finding it in Charles Fort's books and then going from there and it, you know, they evolve into these much more complicated stories with certain information dropped out because it makes it more interesting. And, you know, so I I think that's a lot of the case here with Star Jelly. I think most of these can be explained by frog spawn and cyanobacteria and slime molds and certain kinds of fungus growing in the woods you know, people finding it and not come. knowing what it is. And deer come. Fucking Roger with his d- vials of deer come. Yeah, that's star jelly. I thought it was an interesting thing. I'd, I'd like to find some. That'd be cool. If I saw a meteor, I would, I would try to find it. I don't think I would touch it, though, because I've seen Creepshow and The Lonely Death of Jordy Verrill, where Stephen King plays Jordy Verrill, who finds a meteorite, touches it, and turns into a plant man. See, I, that, I think that's the problem with that shit is I would touch it. Yeah, and then you'd turn into a plant man. Yeah, so I shouldn't. Well, thanks for explaining that. I thought that was really interesting. I never heard of star jelly, and it also makes me realize all the other shit I don't know about, like chemtrails, which I just think is something that uh, the dude from Smashing Pumpkins is into. Really? I didn't know that. I don't, I don't really know much about chemtrails. That's a little too far on like the anti-government conspiracy theory thing, which I never... I like the conspiracy theories that involve, you know, reptilians and various groups of aliens living in underground bases dictating what happens maybe we need to have a guest on to explain chemtrails to us yeah that would be cool i would like to learn more about that there's this guy named alex jones maybe we should get in touch with him (laughs) i'll tell you what chemtrails that's my (laughs) thank you alex jones will also be at the convention hey so uh thanks um i think that's uh all the time we have for our call today that's a weird way to wrap up the podcast Alex Jones screaming at our convention. No, saying <laughs> that's all the time we have for our call. <laughs> that is kind of weird, uh, huh? <laughs> let's find a better ending. Hey, so thanks for letting me know about that stuff. That was pretty freaky deaky. Until next week, can we have the Queen song "You're My Best Friend" play right now? Do can we afford that? Oh, we we definitely can. I, I heard rights to Queen songs are very cheap. Can we ha- can we have a cover of it? Yes. yes. Um. It's you singing it. Acapella. You're my best friend. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.